repentance is good for you. Repentance is healthy. Repentance is liberating. Repentance is the best thing you can do for yourself. So it's the best thing you can do to improve your relationships with other people. Ah, you know, so lately didn't go south. And to all of my brothers and sisters, we should say, thank God. Because the other noteworthy fact about repentance is, it's not our sheep. It's a requirement. It's a mandate. It's a command that comes from Jesus Christ himself. So the fact that it's beneficial on so many levels, other levels, is an added bonus. The importance of repentance should the obvious being the gospel passage we just heard. There Jesus says, this is the time of fulfillment. Kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. According to St. Mark, those are the very first words our Lord spoke during his earthly ministry. In a certain sense, I would say they formed the foundation of everything else he saw during the next three years. And his message to his hearers was very clear and very direct. He said, in effect, this is what you've been waiting for. This is what the entire nation of Israel has been waiting for and anticipating for centuries. Old Testament prophecies are now being fulfilled and God is beginning to establish his kingdom on earth among him. If you want to be part of it, you need to repent and believe. Because it's obviously includes your relationship with God, that's a given. But it also includes your relationship with other people. Simple statement, I'm sorry on the way, spoken from the heart coupled with a desire to make amends for what you've done, can make a big difference in healing the rift between you and the people you've offended. On the other hand, failing to repent and say you're sorry when you've been something wrong can have a disastrous effect on a relationship. It might be of a little story that the person emailed me a while back. A certain husband, but God was 20th wedding anniversary. This was definitely not a good idea as you might have had, but his wife was quite upset, especially since she was expecting a brand new car as an anniversary gift. Her husband had promised her that several months earlier. She said to him, tomorrow there had better be something sitting in this driveway that goes from zero to two hundred in two seconds flat. Shabsi expected a pretty fast car. Anyway, the next day she woke up ready to the driveway she saw a small package spitting on the pavement. She immediately opened it up, and she found her present. Brand new bathroom stale. Was <laughs> his funeral was the calling to his death of an Now that extremely foolish man would certainly still be among the living if he had simply said, I'm sorry. The wife might even have settled for a Hyundai Citizen Corvette. And the more serious note, the following is a letter that really does show how failing to repent can have a terrible set of consequences, psychological, emotional, and spiritual consequences in our lives. This letter was sent to me many years ago, along with a little prayer broker, by a woman who used to be a parishioner of St. Pius. I saved the letter because I think it illustrates so well the importance of repentance. The letter read, reads as follows. Dear Father Ray, 
It is with deepest sorrow and regret that I have to write to you. I attended St. Caius Parish in the 1980s when you were just gotten there. At the time, the church was struck by lightning when Father Bessie was pastor. At that time, I made many visits to the church in addition to coming to Mass on Sunday. I'm so ashamed to say that on one of my visits to pray, I was in the front pew on the right side of this altar, and I noticed a beautiful little prayer book. I don't know what I was thinking, but I stole it. I've had it for over 15 years. It's not just the fact that I took it, but that it belongs to someone who used it daily. Over the years, I have wanted to return it, just slip it back into the pew, maybe the owner would somehow find it. Everywhere I have moved, it went with me, along with my own prayer cards. I started picking it up every once in a while to pray from it, but every time I tried, I couldn't. Guilt about this book has lasted all this time. My greatest sadness is that the prayers from this book were not said for over 15 years, for someone's family, their church, their nation, the world. I don't know how to get it back to its owner. Perhaps showing the book at Mahal Masses might help. I only hope that the person who owns this book can forgive me. May God forgive me, a poor sinner, and have mercy on me. P.S. I hope and pray it doesn't belong to Monsignor Strutt or Sister Dorothy. They have both helped me and commonly prayed for me from that book. Again, I am so very sorry. We can deny my sin, we can pretend it doesn't exist, we can sweep it under the rug, so to speak. But in spite of all these efforts, it will always affect us in negative ways. The woman who wrote that letter to me had been guilt-ridden and without peace for 15 years because of a sin she committed and then tried to ignore. But it didn't have to be that. All she needed to do 15 years earlier was repent, go to confession, then make a sincere effort to return the prayer boat to its owning. It was that simple. And that notice was fitting that today's first reading was taken from the book of the prophet John. Verses we heard this morning were from the middle of the book. It's very short, pointing a couple of chapels. These verses are from the middle. Here the Lord commands Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and preach a message of repentance. And Jonah, as we heard a few moments ago, goes, which he did not do at the beginning of the book when God falls in for the first time. In fact, after he received the call initially to go and preach repentance, Jonah got on the very first ship and could find headed in the opposite direction, away from Nidim. Why was that? Because Jonah hated the Ninevites, that's why. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, which at the time is Israel's arch enemy, much like Hamas is today. Jonah knew that the Lord was just, but he also knew that the Lord was forgiving and merciful. And Jonah had the sneaking suspicion that if he went to the Ninevites and told them to repent, and they actually did repent, God would not allow their city to be destroyed. But Jonah wanted the place to be destroyed. He wanted to see Nineveh go up in fleas. He wanted to see it fry like Sodom and Gomorrah had all those years earlier. Firing insult and heaven, all that stuff. So he ran away. Actually, he sailed away on a ship that was headed to Tarshish. God, in effect, said, not so fast, Jonah. He threw the ship into a terrible storm. 
Jonah was tossed overboard in the middle of it, got swallowed by a gigantic fish, which is sometimes referred to as a whale. After spending three days and three nights inside the whale's belly, God commanded the fish to spew Jonah onto the shore, which is where today's first reading picks up the story. The Lord basically said to Jonah, okay, Jonah, let's try this one more time. Go to the people of Nineveh and tell them that unless they repent within 40 days, their entire city will be destroyed. Now, to his credit, Jonah learned his lesson. He learned it was probably not a good idea to defy God a second time. So as we heard a few moments ago, he went to Nineveh, albeit begrudgingly, and he delivered the message the Lord told him to deliver. And almost immediately, the whole place converted. The whole place repented. Which, of course, was precisely what Jonah did not want to happen. And at that point, Jonah had a choice to make. He could either choose to repent of his hatred, forgive his enemies, and find some peace, or he could persist in his hatred and unforgiveness and be miserable. Well, unfortunately, Jonah ended up choosing the latter. He whines and pouted, he sulked. He told God he had a right to be angry. I don't know where he got that right from, but he said he did have it. It got so bad, he eventually prayed for death. He said, Lord, I can't deal with this anymore. Please take my life. It's ironic, is it not? The Ninevites were the pagans, yet they repented and found peace. Jonah was a believer. He was an Israelite. He was one of God's chosen people, but he refused to repent. He consequently had no peace. I'll end my homily this morning as I began it. Repentance is good for you. Repentance is healthy. Repentance is liberating. Repentance is the best thing that you can do for yourself as well as the best thing you can do to improve your relationships with other people when they go sour. And that's why the sacrament of confession is such a blessing to us as Catholics. When was the last time you won it?